Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. Psalm 119, and if you're able to stand, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? I was uh, through our Sunday school class on Sunday mornings. We are going through um, the book of Psalms. We're just taking different Psalms and studying through the book of Psalms and going through that. And uh, this week, I, you know, at the beginning of the week, once Sunday's over, then you, as a pastor, you, you got to start back over, right? It just restarts. We got to get ready for Wednesday, got to get ready for Sunday school, got to get ready for Sunday morning. And so um, I, I was started reading Psalm 119 because I wanted to speak out of that for our Sunday school class and uh, came to verse number 22 or verse number 17. And uh, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to preach that in church. And so this is for, this was going to be for the Sunday school class, but no longer it's going to be for the church tonight. Um, So I don't know where we're going to be in Psalms, uh, all those in, in our Sunday school class, but I know God will lead me Somewhere, but this is where we're going to be, Psalm 119, and starting in verse number 17, the Bible says this Deal bountifully with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth, hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. I want to talk, on, talk tonight on building your life on God's word. Building your life upon God's word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so thankful for you. We pray that you would bless this time that we have together in your word. God, please give me the words to say, fill me with your spirit, and we'll give you all the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, whenever you're building something, now, Pastor Don, Pastor Don spent how many years building? I mean, 55 years, just, just 55 years, you know, yeah. uh, building things. But whenever it comes to building, Pastor Don, you know, you have to have what in order to start building? A strong foundation, right? You got to have that foundation in order to build a strong structure, enduring structure. You need to make sure that foundation is there first um, before you move any further, especially when you're building here in Florida on sand, right? Uh, You got to have that foundation ready, prepared, and, and good to go. And in the Christian life, that foundation is the word of God. That is what we need to build our lives upon. God and his word. We have to, to, that is the foundation. That is where it starts. You know, the Old Testament, it always presents God and his word as faithful and trustworthy. Can I get an amen? In the New Testament, the, uh, the Bible presents Jesus Christ and his word as faithful and trustworthy. It, it is from uh, their divine faithfulness. Listen, that human faithfulness is possible. Their faithfulness enables human faithfulness to be possible. It is only through their uh, divine faithfulness that there is any point or purpose in us being faithful in the Christian life. Carl Barth said this. He said, this is a very interesting quote, human faithfulness to God, listen carefully, 
can only exist in the presence and recognition of God's faithfulness. It is critical, therefore, that as a first priority, the disciple of Christ draws closer to Christ and listens more closely and more constantly to his word. Only then will the disciple be strengthened to remain faithful to him. And that's what it is. We have to draw close to him and he will draw close uh, to us. Amen. We draw nigh to him and he will draw nigh unto you. And that, how do we draw nigh to Christ? Through his word. And that's our foundation to build our life upon. Samuel in the Bible, he knew this. What did Samuel say? He said, I will not let his words fall to the ground. He knew how important the word of God was for him to build his life upon. He knew it was a foundation in his life. So he wasn't going to allow the words of God to fall to the ground. He wasn't going to waste them, right? And, and he knew that. He understood that thought, that, that the word of God was important. Um, David had this same attitude. And in these eight verses that we find in this stanza, there are three practices for us to develop in our relationship to the word of God. Three different practices that I want to talk about tonight. We must be constantly learning his word, longing for his word, and leaning on his word. Okay? Learning his word, longing for his word, and leaning on his word. That is how we build our lives upon this foundation. Doing those things. And we'll find that here in this scripture. First of all, we see learn his word. We must learn his word. First of all, we must... In order to learn his word, we have to have humility. We have to have humility in order to learn his word. Look at verse number 17. Deal bountifully with thy what? Servant. That's an attitude of humility, right? Deal bount he calls himself before God, his servant. He's submitting to him, submitting to who he is. He's recognizing who he is before God. And in order to... And then he goes on to say, um, thy, thy servant, um, that I may live and keep thy word. He wanted and desired to keep his word, to learn his word. In verse number 12, David exercised his heart to learn the word of God. We see that a relationship of praise, listen, a relationship of praise and submission to God is essential to allowing God to teach us his word. Submission and praise right? That's essential for us to learn God's word. We praise him for who he is, right? And we submit to him because he is our Lord, right? The Lord is my shepherd. He's, he's author, his authority, but also we see his care for us. We praise him for that. So those two things are essential for, to allow God to teach us his word. When we approach the Bible, listen, when we approach the Bible with pride and arrogance in our heart, God will not allow us to see the depths of his truth. It, it won't happen. When we go to God's word, when we go to the Bible and we think, oh, uh, I'm just going to read this book and, and stay away from that book. Because uh, John, uh, John, I love the book of John, but James, I'm not going to go to James, right? James talks about uh, works. James talks about faith without works is being dead. I don't go to James. Right? I, I stick with the book of John, or I stick with the, the book of, of Matthew or, or Acts or whatever the case may be. Listen, when we go to God's word, we must go to it saying, hey, this is 
the inspired word of God. Every single book in the Bible is for me. I'm not above any book of the Bible. We can't choose, we cannot uh, select like a buffet the word of God. Everything is for our use. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so we, we can't go to the word of God with that type of attitude or we won't build our life upon it. We won't learn it. We cannot go to the Bible with, uh, with uh, skepticism or doubt, right? We, we must believe that it's the word of God because if we go to the word of God with skepticism or with doubt that the words are even true, then all we're going to find are supposed contradictions that we want to find. What we'll really see is a reflection of our sin and our pride. And so we have to go to the word of God when we go to it. We go with humility. You see, the only way to understand God's truth is for God's spirit to be our teacher. Do you believe that? I I believe that. Why? Because the Bible says the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. When, we don't, when we're not filled with the Spirit of God and we're not going to the Word of God asking for the Holy Spirit to speak to us, then we will be blinded to the truth. We have to have Him. We have to, in order to learn God's Word, we must have a servant's heart. We must have humility. Listen, humble yourself as a servant of God when it comes to learning His Word. It's going to God and saying, God, I'm going into your Word. I always like to pray before I read the Bible. Probably many of you do too asking God to speak to you. But when we go to him, say, God, I know that I'm not perfect. Amen? I know that I'm not perfect and I need direction in my life. I need counsel for the things that I'm going through in my life. And and, and I know I cannot do it on my own. So will you show me in your word? Will you help me learn your word? Church, we have to have that type of desire in our lives. If we're going to build strong Christian lives, we have we must have a desire to learn it. David's humility toward God and his word helped him to faithfully keep his word because he knew whose words they were. He knew the power of those words. So in order to learn God's word, we must be a servant. But also, number two, we see that we, we must be a seer. When we learn God's word, we need to do it with a yielded heart. Look at verse number 18. He says, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. This is one of the most brief yet most powerful prayers in the Bible. Open thou mine eyes that I may see the wondrous things of your your word. Listen, the answer to this prayer depends on on the attitude that we've seen in the first section of humility. It starts with humility that we've seen in the last verse. But David had a desire to see things from the word of God that others couldn't see. He wanted God to open his eyes, not just to see anything, but to see what? Wondrous things. He had a desire to to go to God with humility, go to his word with humility, asking him to open up his eyes. Listen, to see God's uh, perspective is truly a wonderful thing. How do we see God's perspective? Through his word. 
through the foundation on which we must build our life upon. That's how we see him. Listen, those who are not saved are spiritually blind. The Bible says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Those who are saved are not blind. Those of you who are in here today say, I'm saved. I know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. You are not blind. But many times as Christians, listen to this, many times as Christians, we close our eyes to the word. We're not blinded, but we close our eyes ourselves to the word of God. Why? Because we could care less about being a seer. We could care less about seeing the wondrous things of God, right? We, we have all the, the pleasures of this earth right here. This is all we need. We could care less about seeing the wonders of God. Listen, in order to have a strong Christian life, we must build it upon the foundation of God's word. We must have a heart of humility and asking God, God, I need you to open my eyes to the truth. Because of this attitude toward his word, David, had that he had toward the word of God, there are many who are not, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, those of us that have that attitude toward God's word that we, we just really could care less, because of that attitude, there are many Christians who are not building their lives in Christ. Listen, a Christian should always be moving forward. Amen? We should always be moving forward. But oftentimes we close our eyes to the word of God. It's so awesome when the Lord gives you something special from his word, isn't it? I love the opportunity that I have to, to be a pastor and study God's word for a living. It's just amazing. Just to see what God can give you. It, it just, when, you, when God opens your eyes. But understand, I, I just said as a pastor, but as a Christian, we all have the privilege to study God's word. As a Christian, we have the responsibility to build our lives upon his word. Studying his word. Oh, I know everything there is to know about the Christian life. No, you don't. Oh, I'm okay where I am in my spiritual life. I, I don't need to add anything else to my spiritual life. Well, that's false. Pastor Don, you're here, you're here tonight. How, um, how young are you? 82 years old. Would you say that you still need to learn from God's word? Amen. 82 years old. He needs to learn from God's word. We have, we have to continue to learn his word. We have to continue to build our lives upon the foundation of God's word. Verse number 18 is available to anyone with a humble spirit. You know that? Verse number 18 is available to anyone with a humble spirit. Open thou mine eyes so I can see the wondrous things of your word. If you go to God's word and you're a believer and you have the Holy Spirit living in you and you go with a humble heart to his word, he will show you wondrous things. But then lastly, we see with a focused heart. If we're gonna learn God's word, we must do it with a humble heart, with a yielded heart, but also with a focused heart. Look at verse number 19. 
David says this, I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. To continue to build our Christian life, we must get all God has for us in his word. Amen? And in order to get everything out of the Bible, we must have humility. We must ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes. And lastly, we must have a focused heart. You will never get the fullness of the word of God until you have renounced the things of this world and have recognized that you are nothing more than a stranger on this planet and become focused on your eternal destination. The Bible says this in Hebrews eleven thirteen. What's Hebrews 11? The hall of faith. Men and women of faith. What does it say in, in verse number 13? These all died in faith. But listen to what it says. Not having received the promises. They never received them. They all died in faith. Not receiving the promises, but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. How were they able to live lives of faith, of of things that they never saw here on this earth? Because they knew they were strangers. They knew they were strangers. They knew that this was not their place. This was not their home. They were just passing through as the song says. And we must understand, listen, in, in verse number 19, once David had given up his right to things on earth, he knew that there would be no reason for God to hide him from the truth reserved for him. Church, we're not going to be here forever. Right? But if you're saved, you'll be in heaven forever. And we truly are strangers here. So what are we living for? What are we living for? To continue, what is our focus? To continue building our lives in the flesh or building our lives in faith? Listen, if it's faith, then we must commit to learning God's word. If it's faith, you want to build your life in faith, then commit to learning God's word with a humble heart, asking God to open your eyes and knowing that you're just a stranger here. But then we see number two, in order to build our life upon God's word, yes, we must learn it, but also long for it. We must long for it. Church, one of my, I I just, it's a fear, a fear of mine in my personal life and also in, in Christians especially here in America where we have everything is that we don't have a longing for God's word. We, we don't. We don't have a longing to get in his word. When we wake up in the morning, our first thought's probably not, oh, I can't wait to get in God's word. We don't have that longing. David says here in verse number 20, he says, my soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Judgments, that, that's another word for, his, for the word, for the word of God. He says, my soul breaketh, it longeth for the word of God. Listen, David loved God's word. In 170 verses of the 176 verses in Psalm 119, I've mentioned this before, the word of God is mentioned. 
He had a longing for God's word. David was a man after God's own heart because he knew the heart of God. How? Through his word. I told this story before about longing for God's word. William McPherson, the man who who worked at a stone quarry and that blast that blew up and it it blew off his, his hands in the explosion and he no longer had his hands and, and he, he was now uh, blinded from this explosion, could no longer see, but he loved God's word. So what did he do? This man, true story, learned to read the Bible in braille with his tongue and read God's word with his tongue. Would we be willing to do that? Listen, a longing for God's word. I remember watching that video that we had uh, share, shared during our missions emphasis month of the, that African church. And it's the first time they received the word of God. That, didn't that bring you to tears to see their longing for that Bible? They just couldn't wait to get their hands on the word of God. And we as Christians in America, we leave the word of God on our shelf at home and, and, and we don't pick it up until we go to church. There's no longing for it. Listen, that's why we don't see Christians building strong lives. There's no no strength. There's no endurance in the Christian life. Why? Because we're not building our life upon the strong foundation of God's word because there's no longing for it. We don't need it. We already know everything. There's no longing for the word of God. And it's time that we start as a, listen, here at Fellowship Baptist Church, if we're going to have a a group of believers that are strong in their faith and strong when the storms in life come, listen, we must build our life upon the foundation of God's word and long for it. Long for it. Daily wanting to read God's word. Daily wanting to hear from him and learn his word. And then lastly, we see, In order to build our life on God's word, we must lean on it. We must lean on it. We find here in this stanza, David shares with us when we need to lean on God's word. When do we need to lean on his word? Number one, in the face of pride. In the face of pride. Look at verse number 21. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Listen, there will never be a shortage of prideful people in our world. Why? Because we know who their king is. The The Bible tells Job that he, Satan, is a king over all the children of pride. We know that there will never be a shortage of pride in our world. But David, what did he do? He trusted God to rebuke the proud. He leaned on God's word and the fact that that he would give uh, uh, justice for that situation. Listen, David didn't have to get even with people. He didn't have to get the last word in. He humbly put the matter in God's hand. He leaned on God's word. He leaned on God's word instead of leaning on his flesh. And we see this time and time again in David's life. Did he ever stop leaning on God's word? Yes. When he was on the, the rooftop where, where when he should have been at battle. He wasn't leaning on God. And what happened? He fell into sin. 
but he desired to lean on God's word in the face of pride. Listen, do you lean on the word of God when you are confronted by the proud? What good will it do for us to seek revenge? What good will it do for us to get the last word in? I always laugh, my, my kids, Scarlett and Grayson, really, whenever it's time to go to bed, they want to be the, the last person to turn the light off. I don't understand it. It's a, it's a pride thing, I guess, right? I want to, they turn off, the, turn off the light. One of them gets up. Oh no, I want to turn it. They'll turn it back on, turn it back off. I want to be the last one to do it. Who cares? Just turn the light off. What does it matter if you're the last one to flip the switch? But Paul says in Romans 12, 19, he says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. So when we're faced in the face of pride and, and, and there'll be prideful people that attack you, that will say things about you, that will, will try to make you upset. What do we do in those times? We lean on God's word. Lean on his word in the face of pride. Not only that, but in the face of prejudice. Look at verse number 22. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. You understand you can face the attack of the proud straight on by leaning on his word. You can do that. You can, you can attack it straight on. But even after you have trusted the situation to God, the prejudice-filled words, the rumors, and the lies, what happened? They still linger, don't they? They're still there. But David learned how to handle this part as well. He said in verse number 22, remove from me reproach and contempt. For I have kept thy testimonies. Listen, when we commit to lean on, when we commit to learn God's word and when our heart longs for his word and you can genuinely lean on the Bible in whatever circumstance you will find that the heavenly father can also roll the reproach and the contempt right out of your life. As a pastor for the last four years, I've had people say some things about me that just were not true. I'm sure you have two in your life that just weren't true. They, they were lies. They were things that were just made up. I don't know, to make me look bad or whatever the case may be. Things that were said that, that, were, that were bad, that were awful, that just weren't simply true. And those things, if I'm not careful, can really weigh on me. Those things can linger. They can become a burden. But what do I have to do in those moments? Listen, I have to lean on God's word that everything is going to be taken care of. He's going to take care. If, they're, if they truly are lying and about me and they know they're lying about me, then, then understand, then, then God will take care of it. I don't need to get the last word in. I don't need to get revenge. All I need to do is lean on his word. Amen? Same thing in your life. Lean on God's word. Spurgeon said this, reproach, I love this, reproach will not abide with those who abide with Christ. Reproach will not be a part of your life if you're abiding in Christ. If you're in his word, if you're leaning on his word, he says, neither will contempt remain upon those who remain faithful to the ways of the Lord. Listen, lean on God's word in the, face of pri- uh, in the face of pride, in the face of prejudice, in the face of princes. Look at verse number 23. 
Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Listen, today, especially in our world, we need to lean on God's word in the face of princes, in the face of authority. Because we're, we're starting to be told to do things that we must do certain things. Right? Listen, if, if it comes to something and it's against God's word in your life, lean on his word. Lean on his word. Because we must lean on his word in the face of, of princes. I've heard many Christians say they rejected a job because they had to work on Sundays. That comes maybe a point in your life where, hey, I got to lean on God's word. It's important that I'm in the house of God. It's important that I'm growing with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I can't take this job. We lean on his word. And then lastly, we see in the face of problems, verse number 24, thy testimonies or his word also are my delight and my counselors. This final part here that we find that he says, lean on God's word in the face of problems is very practical when it comes to leaning on his word. You see, when problems come, listen, when problems come in our lives, that's normally when we drift away from God. When problems come in our life, that's normally when we drift away from him. We're no longer faithful. We're no longer in church. We're no longer in his word. David says, hey, I'm going to lean on your word to be my counsel when I have problems. He delighted in taking counsel from God's word. You see, it all goes back to humility. People that are prideful don't want counsel from God or from others because they don't want it. They don't want to hear from other people. They don't want to hear from God. And so it goes back to a sense of humility. And David says, hey, I'm going to lean on your word to be my counsel. You see, church, no matter what the problem might be in your life, the answer can always be found in this book. Do you believe that tonight? No matter what problem you have in your life, the answer can be found in this book. If it's bitterness that you're, you're, you're dealing with tonight, bitterness is in your heart. Listen, the Bible says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That's the word of God. Put it away from you. Matthew 6, 14, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. So when we're faced with problems, in the face of problems, what do we do? We lean on God's word. Go to his word. Go to his book. Stress in your life. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. He, he shall sustain thee. He shall never, never suffer the righteous to be moved. Stress is in your life. Lean on God's word. Contentment. Maybe you're struggling with contentment in your life. The Bible says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. When we're struggling with contentment in our life, go to God's word. Lean on it. He's never going to leave you. He won't forsake you. He's always there. Be content in that. I could go on and on and on with different problems and use the word of God to help us through it. 
I can't tell you how many times where I was faced with something, I needed encouragement and I go to God's word. What do I get? Encouragement. I needed counsel in my life. I go to God's word. I try to lean on it. I ask God to open my eyes. What do I get? Counsel. It's a living book, church. It's real. And we need to start using it in our life. We need to start building our lives upon this wonderful, solid foundation. That is the word of God. If your desire today is to build your life upon his word, then listen, we must learn to go beyond theory and realistically apply the Bible to the challenges that we find ourselves in. You must lean on the word of God. Listen, we, those of us who have been in church for many years, we hear this all the time. Go to the Bible. We learn the songs, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, 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 right? We hear those things. We've heard those things for years. But listen, let's take that beyond just the knowledge of, oh yeah, this is the word of God. Yes, I need to be in it. And, and I know I've been taught that all my life. And let's start doing it. Let's start doing it, amen? Let's start getting in his word. Learn it, long for it, and then lean on it. David understood that the word of God was so important to him. And let's take delight in it. Take delight in it. Sometimes the word of God is going to, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, right? Sometimes it's going to boom. It's going to stab you right in the heart. You're not going to like what it says. But listen, take delight in the counsel of God's word. Because if we do, then what's going to happen? We're going to see our lives being built up stronger in our faith. Why? Because we built it on the foundation of God's word. Start building your life upon his word. Learn it, long for it, and then lean on it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.